0: Welcome to Life and Leadership with Kim Williams. I am just so excited to have you join me today. For those of you who may be new to the podcast, my name is Kim Williams. And I'm a wife, a mom, and a nonprofit leader with 27 years of experience. I'm the CEO of Interfaith Family Services, a Dallas nonprofit that provides help, housing, and hope for families facing homelessness. And I'm also the principal and lead consultant for Kim Williams Consulting, which is a crisis management firm for nonprofit organizations. I started this podcast to provide real talk and real solutions for the issues that nonprofit leaders face. Nonprofit leaders have one of the most difficult jobs in the country. We provide critical services for people who often cannot pay with a staff that's often not paid enough through donations from generous people who do, who do not directly benefit from those services. It's a strange and su- stressful business model but it's also essential for the sustainability and success of our most vulnerable communities. That's why on top of doing that work every day, I'm also very passionate and very good at helping nonprofit leaders to overcome common struggles to achieve uncommon results without, and here's the key, sacrificing themselves in the process. So that's why I have this podcast and that's why I'm excited to talk to you today about five steps for surviving a messy situation. So what made me want to talk about this today is that recently I've had several clients and also spoken with several colleagues who are facing sudden funding loss due to the timing out of multi-year grants, government grants, and large contracts. These amazing leaders were the recipients of large infusions of cash that allowed them to expand their staff, their offices, and their outreach. But as a result of those grants drying up or those contracts drying up or more appropriately, I guess, timing out, they were left with the expenses of expansion without adequate annual revenue to support it. And I know this dilemma all too well. When I started at Interfaith, I found out two weeks in that we were facing a $500,000 deficit, which was significant for our then budget of $2 million. I was obviously shocked, disappointed, and frustrated. I had all the negative feelings that someone can have being a new leader in a situation like that. But I also had hope because I had experience. You see, at 28, I was the executive director of a small nonprofit organization that helped families go from welfare to work. Um, And I found myself losing federal funding for that program. um, And as a result, we had to close shortly thereafter. And it's crazy because that organization had won a national award for helping families transition to welfare to work. We did really, really good work. Um, At the time um, that we lost the funding, my focus was on programs and services since federal funding covered most of our costs. I naively thought that our funding would last as long as poverty lasted, Um, but that wasn't true. There was a change in the administration, new budget priorities, and I learned the hard way that few things last forever, especially federal grants. I was devastated and disappointed in myself. And most importantly, I was uh, disappointed for the families that we served. And for several months after that, I mourned the loss of that um, work, that organization and that job. But But after I finished mourning the loss, I committed myself to learning the lesson. And I think that's a word for somebody. It's natural to mourn the loss of an opportunity, a job, an organization, but it's even better to become committed to learning the lesson behind that loss. And that's really what I did. I read all I could about donor dependence and how to survive it and even avoid it. I played out in my mind how I would do things differently if I had it to do all over again. I um, made sure that I was aware of the warning signs of a situation like that, so that if I saw it again, I would know how to respond. And I tried to do what Nelson Mandela said and transform that, that loss into a lesson. One of my favorite quotes is a Nelson Mandela quote, I never lose, I either win or learn. And I tried to make that a lesson. And so when I was informed, two weeks into my um tenure at Interfaith that we were facing a $500,000 deficit, yes, I was mad. But I was also motivated to put my knowledge to work. And that's just what I did. Not only did we survive the significant funding loss, but we utilized it to reinvent ourselves and launch a three-year capacity-building campaign that not only significantly increased our ability to impact our clients, but it also replaced the lost funding and significantly increased our reserves. So how did I do this? Well, um, in a myriad of ways, but I'd like to sum them up in my five steps for surviving a messy situation, otherwise known as five rules for crisis management. So let's get started going over those five rules. You ready? All right, let's go. So the first thing, it may sound simple, but rule number one is face it, don't fight it. So why do I say that? Um, Because often I deal with clients who see the crisis, they know it's there, and they just decide that they're going to become blindly optimistic and continue business as usual, hoping that some miracle, um, eliminates the problem and fills in all the gaps. And that rarely works. What happens is they end up utilizing reserves. um, And if they're not careful, um, they use far too many reserves only to have to make the cuts that they should have made early on in the process. So, and they lose credibility um, in the process because as donors and other investors look at their year-end finances, they are wondering why um, adjustments weren't made um, before more funds were used. So it's one of the, I know it's, it's difficult to sometimes face the reality that things are different, that you're gonna have to make significant changes. You may have to go in a different direction. You may have to discontinue a service. You may have to let go of some staff. All these things are negative and hard to deal with or feel negative and hard to deal with. But when God allows something significant to happen, it's usually his catalyst for some significant change to occur. And it is to our detriment when we don't respond accordingly. So rule number one, face it, don't fight it. Rule number two, investigate before you communicate. What do I mean? So sometimes you are the first person to learn about the crisis, but often that's not the case. You may read about um, such and such organization is no longer investing in X work, or you may hear that the city has redirected its fundings from funding from this to that. And so both you, your donors, and your staff almost find all this stuff out at the same time. And they come to you with the big, what are we going to do? And you feel the pressure as the leader, as the executive director, as the CEO to provide an answer. But I'm going to tell you to stop, investigate before you communicate. And I also want to tell you this you can acknowledge a problem without trying to be the answer to it. So, what does that look like? Acknowledging the problem may sound something like this. Let's say that scenario I just gave you occurred. You found out through the newspaper on the news that. A major funder you depended on is no longer funding programs like yours. So what would a statement look like to your staff, to your board? Well, it looks like we are going to be facing a significant deficit. Um, Over the next two weeks, I'm going to be diving into our revenue plan. I'm going to review our expenses, and I'm going to create budget projections to obtain a clear picture of this issue and our path forward. And after I do that in concert with our leadership team, we're going to host a meeting to um, share what we found and talk about a path forward. In the meantime, our goal is to utilize the funding that we have right now to continue our work while trying to be as conservative as possible with our spending. We're going to halt all discretionary and non-essential spending Um, while we work to create a plan and a path forward. I am confident that our team is going to be able to come together with a solution, though that solution may um, have its own set of challenges. But more than anything, we are committed to our work and and we're committed to you. So thank you for your support. Give me a couple of weeks and we'll come back with a plan and some options. So that's how you do that. That's how you acknowledge that there's a problem. You acknowledge that an answer needs to be made, but you're not trying to come up with an answer or answer things on the fly. So then when people say, what about this? What about that? Listen, give me those two weeks to dive into our plan that buys you some time. You don't have to make promises or come up with solutions on the fly. So that's rule number two, investigate before you communicate. Rule number three, evaluate all activities and explore all options. So what do I mean evaluate all activities? The first thing I do when working with any client, and that's a strategic planning client, that's a crisis management client, that's a a client that's interested in expansion, is do a thorough agency analysis that begins with a return on investment evaluation. So what does that evaluation look like? It looks like listing all programs, services, and events and finding out for each one of them how many people you serve, the time that it takes to serve them, the cost of that service, the risk associated with that service, the rewards or client outcomes associated with that service, the revenue that comes in to support that service. When you list all of your preliminary activities, both programs and fundraising activities, and you categorize those things, it becomes really clear really quickly what where the good investments are and where the weak investments are. And so that immediately gives you options on what to cut potentially or downsize and what to keep. Then from there, you explore all options, best case scenario, worst case scenario, conservative, but stabilizing scenario, and you explore all opportunities. You create a list of potential supporters and you uh, prioritize them by high probability, medium probability, low probability. And you use both that return on investment analysis, that new opportunities analysis And that's when you do part two, explore our options. You create a best case scenario, worst case scenario, conservative, but stabilizing scenario. You run all the numbers and you run them again. Um, And from there, you create a pruning list. And this is a list that you use to remove anything that's not productive. And that creates a new path forward a renewed. um, Often what comes out of that is a either a renewed focus, a resetting focus, or reinvention that will strengthen the organization in the long haul, but also invigorate the base as you relaunch, rebrand, reset. So that's number three, evaluate all activities, explore all options. Number four, then you need to, in a smaller group, present those options, to a small group of key stakeholders and together synergistically produce a plan that's that's agreed upon. So present those options, best case, worst case, conservative, your rationale, have your recommendation in mind um, and the talking points to support that recommendation. You present it to your leadership team, you present it to your board, maybe even a few key um, investors so that those key stakeholders, together with their insight and your recommendation can come up with a plan that you all agree on. And then once that happens, rule number five, share the most conservative version of that plan in public and work the most aggressive version of that plan in private. So what do I mean by that? Even if you choose a worst case scenario plan you still should be working the best case scenario option, meaning that you still should be pursuing those mid and even low probability um, relationships um, while basing your budget on only those high probability relationships. So that what happens is you have tempered the expectation of your staff and supporters to a realistic plan. But you behind the scenes and your team are working the aggressive plan with hopes of exceeding the expectations of staff and investors, therefore renewing um, their faith in you and the organization and exciting um, your base. So that's what I say. Share the conservative plan in public. Work the most aggressive plan in private. Remember to be realistic, not heroic publicly publicly. And when you're talking about this, be realistic. The heroism can happen after you've exceeded your plan. Um, So, and note that you can be realistic and optimistic. Realism doesn't mean doom and gloom. It just means facing reality with positivity. Um, So share the conservative plan in public, work the aggressive plan in in private. So those are the five rules. Face it, don't fight it. Number one, investigate before you communicate. Number two, evaluate all activities and explore all options. Number three, present options to key stakeholders and produce a synergistic plan. Number four, share the conservative plan in public, work the aggressive plan in private. Number five. So now. You have the tools. Now let me offer you a little encouragement. Listen, if you're facing a crisis, as easy as I made those those, um, steps sound, I know from personal experience that it's difficult. I know this is not what you desired. I know it's not what you deserve. I know it's not what you wanted to deal with, but you can do this. In fact, I believe you were made for this. There is one thing that I know for sure. God never puts more on you than you can bear. You may not know that you can bear it. You may not want to bear it, but you can. And let me tell you something else, you must. Your blessing is on the other side of this burden. And if you will pray, plan, and prepare, and then pursue it, you'll see it. And it'll be bigger and better than you could have imagined. So hang in there. Finally, if you need a little help, know that I'm here for you. For daily inspiration, follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Change with Kim. Or to learn more about my crisis management and change management services, visit KimWConsulting.com. So I want to thank you again for joining me today. I hope you found this helpful And as we close, remember this, change is inevitable, but changing for the better isn't. So please, change wisely.